0: Welcome to Rom Book Pod. This is your host, Anna Koki, and this month I am so lucky to have Robin Bradford, a fellow librarian, joining me. Say hello, Robin. Hello, hello. So Robin is a collection development specialist, right? Up yes. in the, I know that you're like either in Washington area. Or I am that, in Washington
1: in the, State, yes.
0: <laughs> I had it right.
1: Very I was like,
0: good. It's one of those square states up in the corner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And my producer and I were talking about earlier how we followed both of we we both have followed you for such a long time. And uh, I think part of like for me was, hey, this is another another librarian, somebody who loves romance, but gets the like the ins and outs of book buying for libraries. So, yeah. So this month we want to talk about libraries. We want to talk about books you love and the rest of the team some of them might be talking about slow burn so if you have a slow burn recommendation to throw at us we'll take it so robin tell me about you know you were an rwa uh, librarian of the year
1: right yes yeah. 2016.
0: wow which seems yeah.
1: like a lifetime ago but it wasn't really
0: no i mean like my first uh, visit to rwa was 2015.
1: So, oh wow okay yeah It seems like it was so long ago, but I think that's because 2020 was actually 12 years. (laughs) It was. It was totally 12 years. That explains
0: why I have newer adults in my house now. Yes,
1: exactly. (laughs) They were toddlers before then, and now... (laughs) Yeah, now they're baby adults. Weird. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: So, Robin, tell me about being a romance librarian on the internet.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, I don't know how that happened. (laughs) <laughs> it, it was kind of just, it, it almost feels like Twitter grew up around me. Mm-hmm. Um, I shouldn't say just around me, around all of us, really. Yeah. Uh, before that, we were all just kind of, we were out there on social media, such as it was back then. But it really feels like Twitter brought all of us together in mm-hmm. one place. Mm -hmm. So conferences used to do that And you would see people Maybe once a year And probably more than that If you lived close to people But Mm -hmm. really If you didn't it was kind of like once a year You'd go to RT or RWA and you would see All your people And then you would go back to email Or
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Facebook Or whatever it was People were on MySpace (laughs) (laughs) And Twitter kind of—I—I really do feel like we were all there, and somehow it turned into romance Twitter. Yeah, which is now a huge thing. Yeah. Out when they talk badly about romance, then they find out how and and kind of Uh, bloodthirsty. Bloodthirsty. Yes, bloodthirsty. Yes, that's a good way of saying it. (laughs) That romance Twitter can be how. Protective, mm-hmm. we are of the books and the authors. Yeah. But
0: that's no, very, how that it, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I came to romance, I think, really at the transition point of from blogs to Twitter, where when I first came onto Twitter, I was following people whose blogs I was, follow- uh, you know, had already found. And so, like, I remember, you know, Smart Bitches was one of the first ones, and Dear Rome, uh, your, uh, your author was another, and I had found their podcasts, I had found their blogs, and then I started following whoever they were following on Twitter, and I think that's how I eventually found you, and I think, you know, it's, it's sort of funny because now the majority of the conversation is happening there rather than in our blogs or sad, quiet blogs then it's now even moving to Instagram or to discords so or all that kind of stuff. It's such an interesting, I guess, 10 years in romance.
1: It's so interesting. And, and I kind of miss, I shouldn't say I miss the blogs because they're still there. I mm-hmm. just don't look at them as often, but they were the best place. And I kind of think still the best, best place to have kind of the long form discussion yeah, but I mean, because now you can have a tweet thread that argues
0: against another tweet thread. Right. But it, there was a difference when you like you could link to you know chapter and chapter of somebody else's blog and, and have those big
1: discussions.
0: You know, it's a lost era. We we enjoyed it when it was happening, and now I guess we're gonna move on to something else.
1: It's kind of a lost era, and those of you who are still blogging, like I give you so much credit <laughs> for it because it. It's just another thing like you spend your time Mm -hmm. on Twitter, because that's Mm -hmm. where the conversation is. But Mm -hmm. you still have dedication to your blog, because it's your blog. And I, I, that's, that's a lot. Yeah,
0: I have to say, uh, since I started podcasting, there's been a lot less blogging. But it's still sort of an archive, right? right. I still, so like even Rom Book, uh, Book Love, I always archive on the blog because I figure somebody's going to find it easierly there than than randomly t- jumping into an RT retreat on Twitter. So. And
1: that's that's an excellent use of a blog because if you're like me, you're on Twitter all the time and you still can't keep up. Like Holy I can't cow. keep up with Rom Book Love. Because mm-hmm. the tweets are coming so fast, and so <laughs> our archiving yeah. uh, software sometimes has a hard time too. But it's I'm so grateful for it because three, six weeks, months later, mm-hmm. you can go back and see the things that you missed, and it's it's a good place to you know find what you want to read next.
0: Yeah, like for me, like I you know I still go back to like Corey Alexander's uh, blog. And look at what they have written about different books. I mean, they they've passed and they're no longer being that voice on Twitter, but their voice lives on and their the writing is really left behind, right? Yes,
1: which is good because they talked about things that other blogs don't talk about.
0: Mhm, mhm. So
1: it's it's a perspective that I wish was still here, but yeah. you're, like you said, it lives on in the writing.
0: Yeah. So one of my favorite things that I enjoy seeing you do on a daily basis on Twitter is when you do your collection development threads where you're posting covers and you're like in the moment reaction to where they're like the typeface is ugly or this, and, and it's not even romance. Most of the time you're doing like thrillers and other stuff. And it's just so interesting to me as somebody else who does purchasing just how, you know those those sometimes instantaneous reactions influence whether we buy something or not right
1: right so it's so funny how that has evolved it started out probably near my early early days in twitter um i've been there since i think two thousand and nine um, sounds
0: right. Yeah.
1: So probably around 2010 or so, I started doing that just as a way to when you look at books all day, eight hours mm-hmm. a day, mm-hmm. it can kind of get boring. I mean, it's a, it's the best job and I love mm-hmm. it, but it's it's just like they start to run together. Right. So how I, many
0: headlights, how many uh, yes. lakes with scary t- uh, can
1: you look at? Yeah. Exactly. So I started using posting the covers to Twitter as something just to break up, looking at title after title after mm-hmm. title.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: now it seems like, can I can I order books without doing this? I don't know. I, <laughs> it's don't part know of your process now. It is. And I started off being... Really kind of a jerk, actually, about the covers. And that has mellowed over the 12 years, 10 years that I've been doing it. I'm less jerky (laughs) about them.
0: Is it because you know that you have a platform and more people will see it rather than, like, five people that you might have thought would have read it?
1: It's that. But it's also, like, it doesn't really it doesn't really take anything to make fun mm-hmm. of something. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of like, what are you adding to the right. discussion? And right. basically you're adding nothing. You're mm-hmm. you're just adding mockery. Well, you know, I'm all for mockery <laughs> and mockery has its place. <laughs> but, but there's a lot of it already on Twitter. Right. And I think as Twitter became meaner, like it was just – there's really just no, no point to it. It's, there's no challenge. <laughs> I can, and I still tell people when I hate a cover, Yeah. but it's not, it's not in a mean way. And I always invite people to say that they love it. And people often do love the things that I really hate.
0: Well, and it's really interesting sometimes though, to notice the t- trends, right? Right. Um, because I think that's educational. And even as a, you know, rom- I'm not a romance writer. I am not looking to ever write romance. But it's always fascinating to see, like, the romance cover trends that come and go. And how they fit into just, like, book publishing in general. And it's yes. so interesting to, to sometimes see, like, of course, you can see on a cover what somebody is trying to go for. But they have fallen somehow short. And that's sometimes, I guess, the moments where, like, what they're trying to attempt just comes clear. You're like, oh, you're trying to be so-and-so. Okay. Yeah.
1: Right. And you you see that, especially for me, it shows up in fonts, Mm -hmm. like you mentioned. Like, And this could just be a me thing. I just, when people use fonts that you can barely read, even though it looks fancy or, you know, I just, I got to be able to tell mm-hmm. what it says and who the author mm-hmm. is. And, and some of the of us, we're, away, we're seeing
0: them as thumbnails so often right? on our screens. Yeah. Yes,
1: yes, yes. Especially now, especially mm-hmm. now when bookstores aren't open. What few bookstores there are left are not open. You're sh- doing, you're uh, they're not open for browsing, especially. Mm-hmm. You're doing a majority of your shopping, even if you go there and pick it up, you're doing a majority of your shopping through thumbnails.
0: That's been one of the hardest things this year. I teach at a 4 6 building. So the kids are very browsing oriented. They have their sections of the library they return to again and again. And then suddenly this year, I'm saying we can have 10 people in the library. And so that means most of you got to order your books. So they have to like browse our online catalog and our online catalog is lovely, it has nice big pictures, but it's a completely different experience. Right. And so I have to like sit and talk to kids about like how to browse digitally, what covers might tell you. <laughs> right. And Yeah. Because there's a whole language to them of like, you know, and I think for like, for me, for middle grade, I can totally tell who's being targeted with a book <laughs> like, Oh, These are going for the Rick Riordan crowd. Oh, these are going for the James (laughs) Patterson crowd. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah. Sometimes I tell kids, look,
1: so if the cover looks alike, it might have similar stuff inside. Yes. Uh, You can, I mean, and that, that is kind of the best thing about genre fiction, mm -hmm. is that you can tell if there's a girl floating in water. (laughs) That's going to be some sort of thriller.
0: (laughs) Some tragedy of know, some
1: kind. You don't uh, have to know anything else
0: to know that that's going to be a thriller. Yeah, don't, don't try to sell me a romance with uh, Ophelia in the water. I don't yes. know. I'm not going to no, do no, it. No.
1: Don't do it. <laughs> because that's not going to be a romance. Somebody is going to die. Probably, mm-hmm. probably the heroine. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's, and that's kind of the thing you get from seeing cover after cover, after cover mm-hmm. and you can spot sometimes you can spot where it starts a lot of times it sneaks up on you like mm-hmm. the um the drawn covers have mm-hmm. snuck up on all of us yeah i can't pinpoint where it started
0: like i have a feeling that it's ya influenced um like i feel like there was it's like a mixture between ya and chick illustrated covers sort of colliding Yes.
1: And now they're everywhere. Yeah. in romance. Mm-hmm. They haven't moved to the other genres yet. And I'm not sure that they will. I can't yeah. imagine, you know, like a, a thriller with a animated... Well, I take that back <laughs> because I feel... mm-hmm. cozies,
0: cozies yeah. have, have that. Cozy's have that. And I'm going to say a lot of middle grade action and adventure have animated yep. covers yeah and you know like i'm thinking of the alex writers they, they'll have like a bond-esque kind of yes. graphic so it's, it will tell you things with bolder lines and brighter colors right maybe less faces but you know can't go with even less faces than we're getting right now <laughs> in a lot of these but yeah i i i think there's a place where we're gonna see it and i think a lot of it is somebody's you know like i don't know enough about like trade size versus paperback size and what how that influences but I know that that's part of the equation
1: yes and that's one of the trends actually that I love I love the trade paperback Mm -hmm. Um, it used to be you know you had your choice between paperback and hardback and that was that was it and a lot of places especially libraries Kind of looked down on the mass market paperback.
0: It just doesn't hold up as much for and circulation. And it
1: doesn't hold up as much.
0: <laughs> but like I, if you're a personal reader, you read it once and then maybe hand it off to a friend, and right. that's okay. But if we have to think about it going through twenty or thirty hands,
1: and and not being careful hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and so oh, the, trade... the things that come out of backpacks Oh, oh my god of... <laughs> So the trade paperback has been Kind of a, a godsend In terms of getting more authors Published, because they didn't Have to go to hardback Yeah, But they could be a little More um, Sturdy than mm-hmm. the, the mass market So I actually love A trade paperback
0: <laughs> And it, it's interesting sometimes how Readers who are outside the genre will be more open to a genre book when it's in trade size.
1: Yeah. Like, it, it feels it feel like, like a real it, book to them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you're and, like, okay, but we can give you that same book for cheaper in a mass market. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I don't want it. I want that. One. Okay.
0: Bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, every so often when I do open a mass market, I am struck with how tiny the text is yeah. and as a kindle reader primarily uh <laughs> yep it's that snuck up on me <laughs> same
1: it's really hard now for me to read a print book mm-hmm. and and that sounds so strange but because i still love them mm-hmm. i still have so many mm-hmm. i just it just feels it feels weird because i can't adjust things yeah so It's been interesting. I
0: found that here in the in, uh, latter day of pandemic, I'm having a hard time reading digitally. I think it's hitting me more than ever, but I read beta reads and all that kind of stuff, and I went ahead and printed out <laughs> my manuscripts that I was editing, and I found, like, holy cow, what am I doing? But I read them. So I was well, like, okay, th-
1: it worked. I think a lot of people have been trying to figure out what it is that will spark so that they can get back into reading.
0: Mhm.
1: Because like I said, 2020 was 12 years and yeah. it hit everybody in some way.
0: Mhm. And so, and some of and so much of it is cumulative. Because you might have felt fine and and, and mid-summer. in midsummer, September you're like I'm dragging. Yes, uh, <laughs> but exactly. now, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of us are hitting the walls. So, what books have been bringing you joy? Oh my gosh. Well, um, and I know I've just made every book disappear from your head. It's okay.
1: <laughs> well, funny that you should say that, though, because I got a hold in just last night and I was so excited about it. Um, I finally am reading the Sylvia Day Crossfire series. Oh, like the classic
0: Sylvia Day?
1: Exactly. And so okay. the, the fifth book just came in for me and I'm like, Yes. I can finally finish this series. I'm so happy. So that series brought me joy. I think I read the first four in like a week. Mm-hmm. And then I had to wait on the fifth one, but so good. Um, Just yesterday I finished Kristen Callahan's Make It Sweet, which I absolutely loved. Absolutely loved. Another way back thing was Red Tigress Eden's Stories from Beauville which I'm not sure when those were actually published, but I just read those before the Kristen Callahan, and I love that series. So tell me about
0: of... that series. I have I saw you, your like grade go by, but but I didn't read sure. the Sure. So yeah. this
1: is a series where a person went off. Uh, the heroine went off to New York. To she left her small town. She went off to New York. And then she ends up coming back to her small town, and mm-hmm. she ends up falling for the sheriff. Huh. And so it's a three book series, I think. Okay. Um, and it follows that couple through the whole thing, and you know, it's it's just full of small town goodness, mm-hmm. and like the secondary characters are spectacular. And one in general will make you laugh out loud um, <laughs> Her, uh, The heroine's best friend Is the sheriff's Sister And so That's how They managed to come together And it's just It's just so good <laughs>
0: <laughs> You know It, it, it and there's certain things that sometimes, like I love small town romances that have that immersive quality. Yes. I find I look for that same thing in like PNR and urban fantasy, where you can like sink into a couple books, two or three books, and be with a cast of characters. It just makes you feel good. <laughs> yeah Or like part of a family and just sort of sink in. That's part of my joy when I read. Absolutely.
1: And the funniest thing is I. So I usually will go through my Kindle and
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know the new stuff is at the top but I took a deep dive like I went yeah. all the way down to the bottom to see what was there that I hadn't read <laughs> just because I was trying to spark some interest.
0: Yeah, here is. Cuz I was
1: in a reading slump up mm-hmm. until I started reading Farah Rashawn's In Her Wildest Dreams which was mm-hmm. at the bottom of my Kindle mm-hmm. um, and that is about a candy store owner who makes candy he was a computer guy Okay. And bad things happen and he ended up selling his company and went into the candy making business huh. and ends up with a kind of type A person who <sighs> <laughs> um, is kind of an event planner A specialty event planner mm-hmm. And they were f- It's a friends to lovers Which is not my favorite trope But I liked this one This It was so good And that huh. kind of got me out of my reading slump So sometimes you, I guess you need to uh, Go to the bottom of your Kindle And see what's lurking there That you have not read That you missed to read
0: and I think that's a legit thing. I mean, I know so many people who struggle to read hyped books, books that have all the conversation, because let's be honest, that's how it happens on Twitter, right? You know, yeah. some of it is planted, some of it's natural. And then suddenly everybody's talking about that one book and and then they never talk about it again. But <laughs> some people then have a hard time picking up that book. And you might be like, no, it is awesome. But they're like, no, no. I'm going to wait for two years. And if it's still like (laughs) something that I want to read, I'll read it. I'm like, okay. But yeah, yeah, I I think that's sometimes, you know, and it's interesting. I think if I were to do a deep dive into my Kindle, well deep, there's some authors that are still auto buys, right? Like I bought Lauren Dane back in the day. I still buy Lauren Dane. And I bought Nalini Singh at the start of my reading career and I'm still buying her. But there's also, like, random freebies I bought along the way. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. It's mm. a freebie or it's an ARC or something. Or I <laughs> bought it. It was on sale. Like, mm-hmm. any, any kind of thing. And all of a sudden, I feel like reading it today
0: hmm. Well, and that's one of the things I love about round book love that's coming up like this should be coming out sometime April. And so we'll be hitting round book love in May. And that's one of the things I always love when people wreck a book that's like 10 years old. And you're like, huh, that's totally the trope I'm looking for. Let me go search. Exactly. Uh, and suddenly, you, sometimes you find a backlist of, of an author that you're like, holy cow, I did not realize they wrote all of these books. And I can exactly. read them now.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly, and it's it's you know I, I get the whole new book thing, and that mm-hmm. that's has its place too. But as a librarian, I love a backlist. Mhm, mhm. <laughs> and the more that I can wreck that to people, the better, the happier I am. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, I I whenever I can get a kid hooked on a series, I know I'm hooking them on reading. Right. And that doesn't change for adults, too, because I nope. think we all have that, like, I can go back and I can go back and it takes a decision fatigue away. And then they learn themselves as a reader and be like, what was in that book that I really liked? Then they'll come and tell you. <laughs> and then you're like, "Um,
1: try this other cozy. Here you go. And that's the that's the conversation that in my mind turns people from people who read books Mm -hmm. to book readers. Like Mm -hmm. there's a difference. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. if you read a book and you like it and you enjoy it and you, you know, might read another, you might read five books that year or or whatever. You're not necessarily thinking that hard about tropes and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, setting and all of those things. You're just picking up a book because you enjoy reading and, you know you're not immersed in bookdom <laughs> yeah like because God we do have are. a
0: second language right yes. of like all of that and i know that most of the time the worst thing you can ask a kid is like what genre do you like they'll look at you exactly. like what
1: on earth are i don't you even about? know what you're talking about
0: <laughs> so sometimes i can say like what kind of movies do you like what was right. the last movie that you liked oh so you like action adventure with a little bit of humor hell let me help you. Okay, I, exactly. I can use that metadata to get there, but they're not gonna find that metadata. They don't know that. They don't think of metadata. So.
1: And you know, when we're training Readers Advisory people, and and they always want to talk about, you know, well, you have setting and you have the, but that's that's for you as a librarian. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. not what the customer is thinking about.
0: Yeah, you don't say like. Would you like to read a mystery in a uh, uh, knitting? Or the, No, you talk about the feelings that they're looking right. for, right?
1: Exactly.
0: And that's why you as a librarian have a hard job sometimes telling people on how Nicholas Spark isn't going to fulfill a romance lover's request, right? Yes. Because those are completely different feelings at the end
1: yes. of those books. And to understand that not all romance readers look at it in that mm-hmm. particular light. And so they Someone all want to so some have
0: to write ju- and, and some of them want the, like an agonizing journey and other yes. ones like soft journeys, but and it's
1: not, the, it's not the same. They're not mm-hmm. all the same. And so you have to meet the readers where they are, not where your classes told you <laughs> they should be because that's not where they are. No, no. You have to meet them where they are.
0: Wow, and that's where it's sometimes, like, I think for us as librarians, sometimes we are also trying to tell authors, tell us what's in your books. Right. If you communicate to us that you have this, this, and this, I can sell that to the right person. Right. And don't pretend to be some other kind of book that you're not, because otherwise we're all just going to be sad and disappointed.
1: Yes. And then they're not going to read you anymore because they're going to remember that they didn't like your book.
0: Mm-hmm, and it's
1: mm-hmm. not that they didn't like it; it's not what they wanted at that time, I mean, right? And I'm a huge. They didn't like it. I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes yes, they didn't like yeah. it. But <laughs> I was, you know, going to pick up this, and I was told it was this, and it was not that.
0: <laughs> mhm. And I'm like, I'm such a mood reader. If somebody right. tells me, you know, it's gonna, this is fun at action adventure and it's boring as heck. I'm going to remember that.
1: Or if I'm in the mood for action-adventure and you give me, you know, <laughs> slow, <laughs> speaking of slow, slow build, slow build <laughs> historical fiction, that's not what I wanted. Yeah. That's not what I was in the mood for. This may be a fantastic historical fiction book. And when I'm in the mood for historical fiction, which is a completely different mm-hmm. speed and pace, than an action adventure book, that might be the perfect book. And, uh, and that's funny too. though there's also sometimes the cross currents,
0: and I just can I can only go from me as a romance reader. I, you know, came in right at that same wave as Fifty Shades and all that kind of stuff. So my entry point was like erotic romance, right? And it I, I had some false starts in historical fiction. <laughs> Because I'm like, what now? (laughs) What's happening? Faith in what is this? And but then I found that there were some hot romances in historical fiction, and then you know I sort of came around to the whole genre. But it is sort of like you need to know what the feelings, the intensity, how that works for a, a reader.
1: Yes, and and we're we're we get a little. We get a little stuck in our ways and that mm-hmm. we have to ask this and these things mm-hmm. are important. But we often don't realize that we're speaking to the general public, mm-hmm. not to other librarians who <laughs> have learned librarians speak. And mm-hmm. we need to tone tone down the jargon and just talk book reader to book reader.
0: Yeah. I sometimes get the book jargon coming the other way where I have people like give me a book that has good theme and I'm like don't oh oh damn <laughs> excuse me a minute I'm gonna go ask the, the librarian internet
1: <laughs> what's a good theme like I don't... <laughs>
0: Is it a book that's easy to read with themes or like really (laughs) themy or one that's really good that has theme? Yeah, I know. It's, it's a, it's a nightmare sometimes.
1: It is. It is. We tried it. We make it too complicated.
0: (laughs) Well talk about too complicated. I'm running a diversity audit on our collection now and on my diversity and it's, it's, it's interesting because you got so much. So you try to get onto a spreadsheet and Boy, there's other conversations to have.
1: Absolutely. We are starting a diversity audit. We're starting it with picture books, mm. so we're starting it very small. And I will be curious to see. It, it it's wonderful because the children's the children's literature just in general they've done a lot of work mm-hmm. with diversity and they have mm-hmm. a great tool called the diverse book finder yeah Um, and so they've done a lot of work that adult fiction or adult literature in general hasn't done and so it's you can start with picture books and you have a tool there to help you there is no tool for adults so yeah we
0: we found that tool and we're having our primaries use that because they have more picture books on their collection. But for somebody like me, who is probably only like 10% of my collection, it's, it's there's a lot of books out there that I have to look up. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, one of the most fascinating things for me to have that conversation with regular librarians versus like Twitter librarians was – how much of the conversation has not trickled down to the rest of the library world or the rest of the reading world, the book world. So like, I had to explain why it wasn't just about diverse characters, right. but having diverse voices. Because I'm like, you can have a white guy drop some black kids in there. That's not a diverse voice.
1: Exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. And-
0: And I was surprised that I had to have that conversation with my fellow professionals. But, you know, it's always the reminder, right, that we we sometimes are living in our own
1: little uh, community. (laughs) Yeah. And and that's kind of an unhappy reminder. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, you absolutely need you're not getting a diverse viewpoint. Then you're getting the same viewpoint with some brown people in there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and we one of my coworkers found a book that was originally published with hamsters. Like it was like a gay marriage, uh, like my my, uh, my yeah, it was like a gay marriage picture book, but it was all hamsters or guinea pigs. And then this year, it's been reissued with people, and that was interesting. <laughs> uh, to to sort of try to like Break down like Was it originally meant to have people And they said we need to soften this for the You know the the kid market So we have to right. make a cue But then there was also an interracial uh, Marriage um, and so you're like Oh so that black hamster there Was actually black Okay because yeah. you know <laughs> Yeah it was like She's like it just blew my mind a little bit
1: Yeah like,
0: yeah huh Uh huh Yeah
1: Wow. Okay.
0: <laughs> Thank God we don't have a lot of hamster romance. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. I know some people are clamoring for some rats in the uh, Nalini yeah. Singh universe. They should try Laurel K.
1: Hamilton. Oh. I think okay. that she had wear rats.
0: Mhm. And um I know there's where otters and yes. uh, out there and all that, so
1: and and I I stop at bears. I love <laughs> the bears. Although I do like the Shelly Lawrenceston books, and she yes. has a whole wide range of 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 animals. But yeah, bears and and wolves. That's kind of my thing there.
0: <laughs> Your bread and butter there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you just as as a casual thing? Do you have any slow burn romances that you? How do we feel about slow burn romances? Let's start there.
1: I. It depends on my mood. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I love them because they usually come with angst and yeah. angst as you know I mm-hmm. absolutely love. So I I sometimes like the slow burn but sometimes I don't have the patience right. for the slow. Burn. And so it really just depends on the mood.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I mean, like I was trying to think of some slow burns that have worked for me and they tend to be high angst. Have you read any Tasha Suri? I have not. She re- she writes fantasy with like really great Indian uh settings and her series, her first book Empire Sand. It's a arranged marriage, a forced marriage. Oh, I read that. I did. Do you remember that, that one? And I thought that was the that slowest book. of burns. I kept reading it and t- telling to Aria like, okay, this is a romance, right? <laughs> She's like, there's romance in there. Just go with it. And you know, it really satisfied me there at the end because yes. of just how much sacrifice went into that
1: love. Five star book for me.
0: Mm-hmm. I,
1: love- I really
0: enjoyed Realm of Ash too, the the sequel. Did and not I'm- read. Oh, it's really good. Uh, it's sort of road trippy so it's really interesting because it's people on the run.
1: I think so Binding Shadows by Jasmine Silvera
0: Mm -hmm. was
1: a slow burn ish for me and I liked it a lot but I did start to get a little angsty like come on come on (laughs) see the love come on (laughs) But it was really good. I just like I started it and then stopped it and then picked it back up and mm-hmm. and loved it, but I was, yeah, come on, so it just depends on my mood, yeah, but if it is going to be slow burn, it better be high angst or yes. it's, oh, I'm gonna be bored
0: <laughs> i am I've just started uh reading Kit Rocha's um upcoming book, The Devil you Know, oh uh-huh. Uh, and that one, they're selling us a, a slow burn. And I am really curious about it because it, right now, as I'm reading it, there's a definitely sort of both of them have feelings, but for reasons they can't right. like express feelings. And I actually, I love that. I love that when people are like, I cannot burden somebody else with my love. Uh, yes. <laughs> and you're like, yes. no, no, <laughs> burn it away, people, burn it <laughs> away. <laughs>
1: See, that works for me. Although all of the Kit Rosha works for me. So <laughs> well, I'm you know, I'm curious a to see them do a slow burn because I think of them as the exact opposite.
0: Yeah, because they tend to be sort of chemical reactions and then they have to figure out feelings later. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, no, this one's interesting because both of the characters very much have real big reasons why falling for someone, getting involved intimately
1: with someone is.
0: All the bad ideas.
1: See, another thing that helps with the, well, doesn't help actually with the slow burn, but it helps with me not losing patience is a novella. Mm -hmm. So things happen by necessity fairly quickly in novellas. But if you read enough novellas, I find that I lose patience. So then mm-hmm. when I go back to a novel, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Come on, hit those
0: beats. Come on now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my God, it's dragging. <laughs> and it really isn't. I'm just not used to that. So it's almost like mm-hmm. a muscle. And you have mm-hmm. to exercise it frequently.
0: Yes, very much. Well, it's been so much fun to talk to you, Robin. Do you have any like parting recommendations for folks or message for our readers?
1: And listeners. Well, let's see. I don't have parting recommendations. Um, I think right. we talked about a lot of books.
0: We um, did. It's a I
1: want to thank you for having me on. <laughs> and anytime you want to talk books, I am here at your service.
0: Well, awesome. Now that we're connected on Skype, I'll definitely have to hit you up sometime. Yeah,
1: that's awesome.
0: Yeah, so, no, thank you so much for taking the time, especially as, you know, the week <laughs> begins. Um, And we want to tell all our listeners how to find Robin. Robin, do you have to uh, tell them how to find you on Twitter or um, whoever? So I am
1: tuflos on Twitter, T-U-P-H-L-O-S, and I am there almost all the time. I'm same on Instagram, although I am there less. Mm-hmm. Those are the two main places where you will find me. I am on and off again with Facebook right now. We are off again. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> so I don't know when or if I will be back on Facebook, but Twitter is, it, there's a good chance you will find me there at any given day or time.
0: I will probably come find you there in just a little bit when we're done here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because that's normally how I end my day. Like Because you're still going. Because you're on the West Coast. West Coast uh, so, yeah. yeah. I love having friends all over the world. Because I know if I wake up at four in the morning, those Brits exactly. have me.
1: Yes. <laughs> it's never off. It's always on. Amen. We hope
0: you enjoyed this episode of RomBook Pod, inclusively yours. If you like weekly recommendations on inclusive romance, please take a moment to subscribe. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest at RomBookPod. That's R-O-M, B-K, P-O-D. Thank you for joining us, and until next time, happy reading!